Hey, I'm Robert Pearson, and this is Follow the Leader, where I sit down on my work break, and we talk some Bible stuff, and what it means to be men, Christian men. As you can see, I trimmed my beard up, or as you can't see, if you're on the podcast. Got my beard trimmed, so I'm not all scraggly and mountain manish. And we are in Micah, chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. Here is the scripture. With what shall I come to the Lord and bow myself before the Lord on high? Shall I come to him with burnt offerings, with yearling calves? Does the Lord take delight in thousands of rams, in ten thousand rivers of oil? Shall I present my firstborn for my rebellious acts? The fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. So, what does this make you feel? For me, it feels awesome to hear this, like, epic battle cry. You could almost take some of that and make, like, a like a knight's oath. So many good verses like that. Uh, this is actually the verse that's used in, uh, what is it, the Casting Crown song, Courageous, to uh, do justice, love kindness. Or love mercy, I think is the translation they use. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Is the uh, the rendering they use for that song. It's a, it a pretty good song. So, it's also it's an awesome movie, by the way. Go watch it. Courageous. Uh, it's by the people who did Facing the Giants and Fireproof and stuff. It's it's a good movie. They're, it's a solid gunfight, but the the bullet count doesn't add up and it bothers me. It bothers me deeply. So, um, what's the main idea here? Um, the best way I've heard this idea put is God doesn't want your bull. He doesn't want stuff that you could offer. He doesn't care about offerings, things you can give, how much money you put in the plate. He wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants your actions. Um, words and gifts don't really mean a whole lot. God is the guy who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? He made and owns the universe. You're not even really giving him stuff when you give him things. You're just showing that you're willing to let go. Um, and then he, in turn, uses that and uh, and blesses you. But you're really just showing a willingness to let go because uh, you're not giving him something he didn't already have. He's God, right? I mean, even if, you know, this one presents kind of a grim reality, there were several, um, there are several um, different pagan, ancient pagan religions that they would sacrifice their children for things. Baal is one that shows up repeatedly in the Old Testament. I don't know why I'm turning pages, I don't know where I'm going. Um, Baal turns up repeatedly in the Old Testament, people sacrificing their kids to them to stuff. Uh, the phrase is used to cause their children to pass through the fire. There was a, a ritual where you'd set up a big fire and uh, around a, a metal statue of Baal and then Baal had these like open hands and you'd like throw your kid into the hands of, of this burning statue and then uh, if they survived that they were blessed or something and it was just it was horrible it was just nightmarish um, things that happened you know people sacrificing their, their children 
thinking that that was going to bring them closer to God or atone for sin in some way, and it's not the case. <sighs> so, something also that needs to be addressed since this idea is here. Abraham offering Isaac. A couple of things. God told him to. And it was a test of Isaac's willingness to let go, remember? Because God already owned Isaac. He's the one who gave it to him. And he stops Abraham before actually committing the deed, but wanted to know if Abraham was committed, that committed, to, to obedience. And uh, in the New Testament, we find out that Abraham... Uh, I forget where the exact passage was. I didn't look a lot of this stuff up beforehand. Um, but Abraham believed that... God would resurrect Isaac because God said, this is the child of promise. And Abraham said, well, he's all power. He's God, right? So um, if something terrible happens, he'll bring him back from it or heal him from it. And because uh, God said this thing's going to happen. So this thing has to happen. I'm not cool enough to overthrow his plans. And that's when the, the ram showed up and he's not sacrificed. And as far as um, atoning for the sins of the sins of my soul, God sent his firstborn for us. So we don't we don't have to do any of that. Um, we just have to accept that salvation and uh, out of gratitude we should do our best to to live rightly in so much as we are able. So what's the main idea here? Obviously God is not satisfied with sacrifices and gifts and burnt offering and fancy words, but rather your life, your actions, your deeds, your heart. What is good? God has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But do justice, your actions, love kindness, your heart, and walk humbly with your God, your life. So what does justice mean? to do justice. Uh, in the ancient context, there wasn't exactly an established court system, or not necessarily an established court system in all areas. So what would happen was it'd be up to a community to take care of uh, lesser people, people who didn't have as much um, say or as many um, resources as everyone else did, the disenfranchised, if you want to use a, a newer word for it. So what happens is um, widows, orphans, people who didn't have any resources would be taken care of by the community. That was just. So doing justice would be making sure that happens. Uh, if um, So you're, you're responsible for your family, your kin, the, the Goel, the kinsman redeemer. Um, that's what the whole story of the book of Ruth is about, is you have these two ladies, both widows, who are supposed to be taken care of by their next of kin. They're supposed to be taken care of by their um, the Naomi's husband's brother now, or cousin. And they extended, it would just continue extending out to whoever the nearest rel living relative was who was financially able, should take care of them. They, would, they were the ones who inherited the land when uh, Naomi's husband left to go to Moab. And when they came back, he'd be the one who's still in control of their family's property and portion and it would be up to him to take care of them and he wasn't because Ruth had to go out and like pick food out of a field 
And that's where Boaz comes into the mix. And then there's a, a tension where he shows up to their family redeemer who's so disgraced he's not even named in the book. He's just called some guy. And uh, um, Boaz says, I will take over this right. And he, um, there's some shoe exchange that identifies the guy as being disgraceful and not upholding his family's um, his family responsibility. And so that's... That's the idea that kind of the, the court of law, not like our modern courts, it's a little more familial, a little more personal. And to do justice, you had to actually work and do things. You had to find your relatives and then you were the one to support them or you were the one to take care of their property and then give that property back to them uh, if, they, uh, if they moved back or came back because that was their inheritance for their generation. There's a lot more of a familial idea of justice. Um, but in a modern context, though, just the idea of being fair, keeping your word, being honest, uh, being a man of integrity and a man of your word, these lost values that are foreign to many of the people in my age group and younger, that you would be sincere and, and honest and do what you said you would do and follow the rules and expect others to follow the rules. So, one sentence definition, what is justice? Um, quite simply, I would say doing what's right. You could probably make a longer, flowery sentence that's a little more comprehensive, but doing what's right is, uh, is just a good, curt summary that has a lot of expansion you could put behind it. Um, so, how are we doing this right now? How are we doing this right now? Uh, I'd like to think I am. Obviously, some days are better than others. Um, but it's awesome here that it's not required some great sacrifice or to sell everything you own and move to, to Mozambique. All you have to do is, you know, be honest and fair, show mercy, and, you know, humbly walk with God just in, in your everyday life. And so... Um, you know, just being, being sincere, being honest, keeping your word, following the rules, uh, even the little ones that you don't think matter, matter. And, uh, showing mercy whenever you can. Accepting when other people show you mercy and being gracious about, about those times. And, uh, just be humble and just be with God in your, your everyday through prayer, through reading your Bible, and just through just sometimes just sitting in the quiet, listening, just genuinely enjoying a good book or genuinely enjoying a quiet drive through some pretty countryside or genuinely just being in the moment and enjoying watching some silly cartoons with your kids. Me and my kids, we love some Power Rangers, by the way. Mighty Morphin all the way, man. So they're the best. So that's all I got for now. Uh, this is one of the most epic verses in the Bible. And I look forward to your thoughts, comments, and feedback on it. Once again, shoot me questions. And I will endeavor to answer them. That's all for now. I will see you next time. Godspeed.